You are listening to the Teleperformance Podcast on Spotify. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a great day wherever you are in the world. My name is Sabdik Baumeister, and I work as an environmental project leader in our headquarters in Paris. As some of you may already know, we have very recently put out our first blog on climate change, where we go over the basics of what is it, what are some of its impacts, and why is it so important for us today. The goal today is to continue to add into this blog through a podcast, and we figure that who better to discuss this topic at a group level than someone who works with these projects on a daily basis. Our guest today was our facilities manager, Jake Gilera, from the Philippines, who has been working firsthand on all our environmental projects, particularly in the energy aspect. So without further ado, here's our conversation, and we hope you enjoy. Hi, Jake. Hey, good afternoon, Zab, and uh, good day, actually. Good day, Zab, and good day to everyone who's listening from wherever you are listening to this from. So, as I mentioned briefly, in the Philippines is one of the biggest sites for TP, and uh, you have one of the most some of the most interesting initiatives uh, around the world. So, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit of why is climate change such a big uh, topic in the Philippines, and how you kind of got started into all of these initiatives. Well, first, I understand that Philippines is Teleperformance Philippines as an entity. It's a big contributor to tele Teleperformance in the world because I think, if I'm not mistaken, we are like 60% of uh, the entire population of TP Global. So any change, any movement that we will have in the Philippines will cause a great ripple of effect throughout TP Global. Now, uh, the Philippines is a tropical country, so we are very much reliant on the weather conditions. So for the regular crops, for the annual produce, and actually 16% of the power provided here in the Philippines comes from hydroelectric power. So we're very light, reliant on the rain. Now, how we are impacted by climate change, because since there has been climate change, there have been very unpredictable weather conditions here in the country. So there are times where in the rainy season would be delayed for months. There are times when the dry season would be extended for months. And with that, of course, there's a regular cycle of crops that we are producing. So that agriculture is affected. And at the same time, since if the rains are not as spread, uh, if the rains are not as, uh, reliant as they were as they were in the past of course there would also be delays in the water that we are accumulating for water supply there's also a problem when it comes to the electricity supply that we are getting from hydroelectric power plants so climate change a big uh, climate change is a big topic here in the philippines right now because right now we are acknowledging that there is an impact not just on the planet but on an individual scale so people and companies are being affected at the climate change Right. So basically, to put it simply, climate change is affecting us all very differently, but it's definitely having an impact. So having discussed specifically how it impacts the Philippines, uh, could you walk us a little bit through the train of thought and the roadmap that you have set for yourself so far? Like, can you talk us a little bit through the initiatives and your mentality at the Philippines as a whole? Okay. Uh, here in the Philippines, not just to tell performance, recently there has been uh, there's been a big drive with different companies, especially the companies, especially the big companies in the Philippines, real estate companies, power provider, uh, international companies that have uh, that have visibility here in the Philippines. There's been uh, that much uh, consciousness and sensitivity when it comes to climate change. Right now, we even have a Verde certification, Verde, that's the Filipino word for green. And that... Uh, oh, that's fantastic. Yes, Verde certification is actually a certification applied for by buildings and properties and uh, other complexes that basically gives you a certification that your property or the building that you have is contributing to uh, 
is actually contributing to the reduction of carbon dioxide emission. So, for example, buildings that have uh, buildings that make use of renewable energy, buildings that make use of reduced power supply, they are the ones who can qualify for verde. So, it's a really big drive right now in the Philippines. So, it's not just teleperformance who's doing that. Now, the challenge that we have for teleperformance is that all the sites that we have here in the Philippines, they are being leased. They are not teleperformance owned. So, of course, if you are leased, uh, there are some restrictions with regard to how your proper how the leasable sites are awarded to you by the landlord. So, for example, of for course. for all of the sites of teleperformance, actually, we have to make do with whatever it is that was part of the contract. And so, whatever power supplier they have, we have to deal with that. Whatever structure they have, we have to deal with that. So, there is a challenge on our part on how we can actually contribute to reducing the carbon dioxide emission that we have, which is a big contributor to check the climate change. So uh, it's it started out with tapping uh, tapping landlords that already have renewable energy. Like for example, Ayala. If you're familiar with Ayala land, Ayala land is one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest uh, real estate companies here in the Philippines. So we have three sites that are being leased out with Ayala land. And if you would uh, check on the if you would check on the uh, the data that we sent you that we sent over to you with regard to the carbon uh, carbon emission reduction that we have here in the Philippines. Majority of those are coming from the sites owned by Ayala. So right now, yeah. Ayala, uh, Ayala Land, 100% of the power that they are providing for their tenants are already renewable energy. So they come from renewable supply. And that alone, that's a big contribution. So for example, uh, imagine for Ayala site, for our Ayala site in Makati. Let me check Ayala. Oh, oh let me... Okay, for Ayala site in Makati, that that already generates around eight million kilowatt hour per year. So wow. imagine if that eight million kilowatt hour per year that we are producing is renewable energy. So imagine how big that would be of a contribution to the reduction of carbon emission that we are doing to the ozone layer. So it, 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 it's it. Go ahead, you say. Yeah. So that is a really big amount of electricity for those of you who don't know. An eight million kilowatt hour of power yes. can it can get you through a couple of days of uh, of lighting, specifically when you're dealing with uh, big buildings or office buildings. So that is a really fantastic amount of energy being generated. So I guess because we're in the topic of renewable energies and landlords, and because we have a significant amount of our sites that are dealing with landlords, what would be some of your recommendations to kind of convince or talk landlords into agreeing to switch to renewable energies or at least engage in some type of renewable energies, whether that is through the renewable energy certificates or some other type of way. Like, what would you recommend to these sites that are interested in making the, the, the leap? Uh, first challenge that we had when we were trying to uh, switch to renewable energies that it is a major requirement of any renewable energy provider that the, that the meter for electrical supply, that has to be under the, the lesser's name. So, for example, uh, if we are leasing with Ayala, normally when we would lease a site, electric meter, that would, under, that would be under Ayala. So, in order for you to switch to a renewable energy on our own, as TP, the meter has to be under our name. So, I, I think okay. one condition that we have to set, if ever we are planning to open a site, we have to make sure that we are the one who's directly contracting with the power provider, not the landlord. So that's a that's a big uh, that's a big help 
it's very important that we are the ones who make the decision on the type of energy on the provider that we will tap when it comes to our power supply because along the way along the way once we allow the landlord to to, to do that for us it may be too late there might be restrictions along the way that would prevent us from shifting to renewable energy like right now that is what ex what we are experiencing for most of our sites uh secondly you have to consider I mean, budget may be an issue but at times the more expensive than an equipment is the higher energy uh the the more energy efficient it is and with more energy benefits efficient, you get correct correct so if it's consuming less energy it's of course emitting less carbon dioxide so not only are you reducing your cost in electrical consumption later on you are contributing to the reduction of uh, co2 emission so those are the most important things for me that we have to consider so first choose your landlords wisely if you're unable to choose a landlord that already has renewable energy in their uh, leasable areas at least uh plan your contract well so you would have the ability to choose your own power provider and when you and when you start your build out invest in energy efficient equipment so energy equipment lighting energy equipment chillers energy equipment computers especially with especially with uh, the global drive right now for for uh, reduction of uh, carbon emission a lot of equipment are already energy efficient so we have to check on which ones uh, to invest on okay now and just just a little bit note on that i know that some of this equipment sometimes they have a very big uh, first payment uh investment sometimes that the first time you're going to pay is going to be really big but then at the end of the day you do end up making some savings or a lot of savings in your energy consumption so the way also to think about it is what you're spending today is going to indirectly or very directly be deducted from what you would pay on your electricity bill at the end of the year or at the end of two years so that is definitely something that we should always keep in mind when we think about more sustainable or greener equipments so now that we have it's talked about the leasing. Go ahead, you were saying. Yeah. No, no, uh, please go ahead. A capital expense may be higher uh, if ever you are investing with energy efficient equipment. However, your operational expenses, which is the regular expenses that you will have for the rest of the shelf life of your equipment, that will be uh, cut down much, much cheaper if you're investing in energy efficient equipment. Correct. Uh, so now that we have discussed a little bit of the green equipment, I guess my last question for the day would be, uh, how do you set your roadmap for the following years? Like you already have green suppliers or green buildings and you have already been certified and you have already made the investment on, you know, nice equipment that reduce your carbon emissions. So how do you set up a roadmap moving forward? How do you look forward from where you are today? Okay, apart from the sites that we have already lined up, for switching to uh, for switching to renewable energy, for those sites that are already existing, because a lot of the a lot of the sites here in the Philippines are already old. So let's say let's say around ten years and uh, ten years and older. Uh, for most of these equipment, some of oh, well, for some of these equipment, they're already up for replacement. So one thing that we're prioritizing is that when if ever the time comes that we have to replace this equipment, we have to make sure that we are uh, choosing an energy efficient equipment. We didn't have that chance when we built that site. When we didn't have that chance when we built the site, but now that we have the chance to invest on a more energy efficient equipment, we will do that. Uh, secondly, for sure, the 21 sites right now that we have in the Philippines, that's not the last of it. There will be more sites that we will be building in the future. Actually, just right now, we are planning to have two more micro sites uh, in in other uh, parts of the country. 
it's very important that you consider those things. Who will be your power provider? What kind of power? What kind of power they will be supplying? And if the landlord, if the landlord that uh, that you will tap also supports the same initiative that you have, because it's important that you're aligned with your values when it comes to. Uh, it's important that you're aligned with your values, with your initiatives, with your drives when it comes to uh, carbon emission reduction. And I guess lastly, uh, we have to make sure as well that we impart this knowledge not just to the management but also to the employees. Employees have to understand on their level why it's important that we are very aware with our contribution to the reduction of uh, carbon emission in the automobile. Thank you so much for joining me today and for laughing <laughs> through the whole sessions that we had. And uh, I hope this information was useful for you. And of course, if you have any remaining questions, don't hesitate to send us an email. We'll try to answer to the best of our capabilities. What about you? How did you like it? Go ahead and share this podcast. See you later. Teleperformance on Spotify. Feel the connection.